I am Bill Kegel. That's Tony DeNicola. Tony, real quick, I just have something I wanted to say to everybody. Oh, I, couldn't, I didn't stick the landing on that one. But it does. It feels real good to be back. Yeah, listen to um, the hoodies. You got to hit the post. What's my... Oh, yeah. Ah, kiss. W100. Wow, Bill at a sausage... Oh yeah, hold on. Sorry, I, I can actually I do a good job at this place. Um, this is this and uh, very bad Mark Wahlberg's my two gifts. So, uh, wow, you're listening to other hoodies. Welcome back. This is Bill Kegel. That's Tony D. Looking at the weather in uh, sunny Buffalo, it is 79, 79 Syracuse, 79 in Cleveland, 79 in Waterloo, 79 in Watertown, and the water in the Great Lakes, all 79. It's going to be quite sticky today. Let's hope you powdered those tidbits before you left the house. Oh, yeah. Talking up, man, that is that is the key. That is the key when the weather gets muggy because I'm joking about the 79. 79 is, you know, really nice most places you go. But boy, when it gets it gets smuggy out there, it is brutal. Yep. I hate Dude, it. I hate you, it. You gotta tell. You gotta them. get that baby powder, man, and you just gotta go poof, LeBron, right to the to the old boys. Yeah, and and what you don't want to do is use that gold bond stuff. Like I used the gold bond foot stuff once. Oh, it felt like there was an elf in my drawers, just with just lighting a lighter, like waving it around, like they're at a YouTube concert. It was bad Careful, times. Man. So you just go with the regular Johnson and Johnson stuff. I've been. I poach my daughter stuff. Honestly, that's really the best stuff to use. Is the there you go? Because God forbid if she has diaper rash, yeah. but Billy Good boy stuff. does have have dry dry billies. No, her doctor said not to even use baby powder. But we got all this baby powder before she was born. We got like tubs of it. So I'm like, oh, you gotta use it. If she can't use it. That old number one over here is gonna start using it. Yeah, they see like uh, bag balm or whatever it's called. So uh, yeah, so yeah, whatever though. Um. Anyway, so big, big news. I feel good to be back, uh, man. I, I, yeah, I feel it does. Like the Undertaker, like that gong hits and we just rise back up from the dead after being buried alive for the third or fourth time. Yeah, no, it's pretty much how it is. So the biggest sporting news since we've been gone is, uh, you know, there's been an NBA Finals champion, an NHL final champion. Yeah, that's all well and good. But the biggest sporting spectacle of our lives actually happens on August 26th. Saturday, that is Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather in our all boxing rules event. Um, boy, this is the fight what? of not the century, the millennial or the millennium, I should say. This is this century is and millennium, still. century the, and millennium. Yeah, the, the four thing, four city four day world tour. Just this thing is madness. This it is got a little out of hand, numbers. though. Would you? Would you agree that it got a little out of hand with the racial epithets and then the uh, the gay slur and it's just what did you think about all that? I mean, you you love Connor, but were you a little turned off by him or no? Yeah, not really. I think people are getting too butthurt about it in a way, but also I think like you got you got these guys going out four days in a row and they're just running out of material. Like by day two, I was over it. It's too much. You they it was oversaturation. Like just. Pump the brakes on a little bit. You don't need to do four events in four days. That's kind of madness to me. You can only use the same jokes so many times. It just becomes tired. And then you got to, you know, dig to an empty well and just come out with these, you know, corny, stupid insults. And the first two were great, but the last two I could do without. No, I agree with you. I think that, um, for one, all right, so they started in Los Angeles. They're from Los Angeles to Vegas, Vegas to New York, New York to London. One, two, three, four days in a row. I'm sure these guys fly private, but the jet lag has got to be just insanity. And to keep like yeah. coming up with material, event after event after event. Oh, they event. didn't go to Vegas. Where'd they go? The fight's in Vegas. They oh, went, you're right, you're right. They uh, went from LA, Los Angeles. Toronto, New York. New York, London. Yeah. Yes, yes, sorry. It was Toronto. Yeah, Toronto the was Toronto the one that got fans out of were hand. chanting, pay your taxes at Floyd, which is amazing. Yeah. 
You know what, though? I, re- I heard one of the interviews with Floyd. I think that guy truly gets it. He's embracing the heel thing, and I like it. I, I, I like the fact yes. that he's just saying, yeah, I'm the heel. They're going to boo me. It's whatever. That's how we're selling this fight. You need a bad guy. You need a good guy. If you didn't have it, this fight wouldn't be yep. sold. What do you want, two good guys? You want yeah. Daniel Cormier fighting Rumble Johnson? That's a good fight to the to the fight fight heads, but it's not, you know, it, they're not going to sell it before them because both yeah. of them are nice guys. You need the, the, you the need a little way, bit of dickheadedness. The best way to sell anything in entertainment and sports is to get that casual fan. We talk about mm-hmm. it all the time. And they're taking a page right out of WWE's book. You said it yourself. You need a heel or a bad guy, and you need a face, a good guy. This is right out of WWE's playbook, and they're using it to perfection. Like these two guys are the masters at marketing, and they're you know in their um in their arena. So yeah. why not use that? It's I think it's brilliant. Like we are everyone already hates Floyd as it is. Like if the guy's just playing it up. He's doing what I've always said DC should do. You know, play mm-hmm. up the heel thing. If the people hate you, embrace it. Don't try to turn them and make you like make them like you. That's a John Jones thing too, though. Is he wants to be a good guy. He's like, you're not a good guy. DC at least is a good guy. John Jones is not a good dude. Like, so embrace it. Who cares? You'll make more money. Like, you'll sell your fight. You get back end pay per view points. You know, for a guy at that level, just embrace being a heel. DC's not a heel. He has to be yeah. the good guy. He he can't. He just doesn't have it in him. But well, um, nobody wants to like him. I like. I personally like DC. I think John Jones is just a piece of piece of crap. He's but a piece of crap of a guy. guy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's yeah. one of those. And you know things. what's funny too is we just spent we just spent thirty seconds on that fight. That's thirty seconds more than anyone else has talked about it. Talk about yeah. the timing of the DC Jones fight getting completely overshadowed by McGregor and Mayweather. That fight is in two weeks, and I haven't heard a single thing about it. It's no, and that's a great, the biggest fight for the UFC in years. Yeah, and that's a great card too. That's the thing that kills me because there's um yeah I'm gonna order it. I'm excited for it, but nobody is talking about it. Not even Dana White. Dana White's too wrapped up with you know with Connor and Mayweather, which I get because it's gonna do just insane pay per view buys. But you know, yeah. try to focus on your fight in two weeks too. You know, listen to this insane card. So the main event, as we both know, is Cormier John Jones. The fight before that, Tyron Woodley versus Damian Maya. Before that. <sighs> Cyborg Cyborg is fighting in in the first ever featherweight division fight in in UFC women's history. Um championship fight, excuse me. What is that? 145, um, 150? 145, yeah. So, sorry, okay. that's not a championship fight I lied. So, and then Robbie Lawler is fighting Cowboy Cerrone, which is going to be awesome. I mean, and, and Oh, isn't that the one that got dropped off the card that we were looking forward to? Yeah. Um what was it? I forget the numbers. Yeah, I know. That was two oh two, something like that. That was the one with the Connor. Lawler wasn't ready to fight. I remember um, because he had just gotten blasted by Woodley a couple ones before that. Then you got Manawan versus uh, Ozdemir. I mean, that's going to be a good fight. I mean, every single fight on this card is incredible, absolutely incredible. I mean, Tyron Woodley, Damian Maya with headline most other fights. Robbie Lawler versus Donald Cerrone. Oh my God. I mean, if Lawler still had his title, that would headline a UFC event. I mean, that's insane, and that's the fourth fight. Yeah. That's going to be the it, that that's an this is an insane card, it, an insane card, and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it because Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor are going to break every pay per view record that's ever been held, which I'm actually looking forward to. I don't think it's going to be a good fight at all. I fully anticipate Floyd winning in a decision. Or if McGregor gets lucky, he can get Floyd with a punch and and maybe knock him down or knock him out. But I find that highly unlikely. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know how to call this fight. I don't know enough about boxing to to have any kind of educated opinion. Just what I've read, and what I've read is that Floyd is like trying to punch a ghost. It's going to be difficult for Conor. Yeah. But the he, one thing he's a count he's yeah. a counter puncher. You know, he just. He basically uses you. He's almost like a, a jujitsu version of a boxer. He uses yeah. your own momentum and your own, you know, fight against you. Yeah. But that's the thing too is, Connor is a is a huge underdog. There's no doubt about it. But if you're gonna take him the distance, that's that plays right into Connor's hands. Connor needs one good left hook, one good lucky punch. Yeah. And if you can't knock him out and take him out, you just let let him stay around. That's how big upsets happen. I like. I don't think Connor's going to win the fight at all. I'm with you. I think it goes the full way decision in Floyd's favor because Floyd hasn't knocked out anybody like Connor said. I think about 20 years. But if you let him stay in the fight and you give him that small window, I yeah, I 
I just I had this feeling I could see Connor taking advantage of it. Whenever people doubt Connor, whenever they think he's behind, this guy, he just seems to pull it out. He's a student of the game. Another thing too is that you know Floyd's forty; he's pretty much retired. Connor's in his prime. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know it's UFC versus boxing, and this is a, a pure boxing fight. But man, Floyd seems like he's just coming back from the, for just the money. And when you come back for the money, and your heart and soul isn't really in it, like I, you got to put a little bit of doubt in there. Like you know, from the get go, when this fight was announced, I gave Connor maybe a ten percent chance of having an upset. That number is steadily climbing. I put him at maybe about maybe thirty percent right now. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, the last knockout I think uh, Mayweather had was against Victor Ortiz. And that happened basically because Victor Ortiz gave himself up. Like, he was trying to touch gloves. The ref wasn't paying attention, and he just allowed his face just to be right there for Floyd to tag. And Floyd tagged him a few times and knocked him down. But actually, it was a full, legit knockout. That hasn't happened in a while. But I actually actually think that that's going to serve him better because he is used to going the distance. He's used to outpointing people. I mean, that's what he does. He's the most boring style of fighter, but he's also the most effective. It's what the Klitschko's did to the heavyweight division for so long. So, I don't know, man. I, I just would tell everybody that's listening to me to not listening, not listen to the to the guys on ESPN, the guys that don't know anything about the sport. Don't oh, listen God. to the Colin Cowherds or the Skip Baylesses. They don't know what they're talking about. I was listening to Colin Cowherd talk about how um, Floyd or uh, Connor has three losses in the UFC. All right, for one, the three losses weren't in the UFC. Two of which I think before was before he turned pro, and the one was against um, was against Diaz that he was controlling that fight. He made one mistake, and he learned his mistake, and that's after jumping up fifteen pounds in less than two weeks to fight at one seventy. Yeah. Fight at one seventy. Well, that- UFC is a completely different animal from boxing too. It's so rare for a UFC fighter to go his entire career or even more than three years, you know, completely undefeated. Whereas in boxing, and I'm sorry too, in boxing, man, like they give each, they, they get cupcakes. Like they get to set up their fights however they want. UFC is completely different because Dana White's in control of all of it. Dana tells you, okay, you're fighting this guy, you know, ex- you know with the exception of Connor. If you don't like it, then get out, you know, right. and we don't want you. We don't need you. We won't schedule you. You're basically told who you fight. Right. Whereas in boxing, it's like, it's like being, um, a giant college football program and scheduling all these cupcakes at the beginning. Iowa it's football. The same kind of thing. Yeah. Like yeah, Iowa football does. Um, but yeah, and there's just, there's so many different types of fighting styles in the UFC. There's so many different ways to lose. There's so many tricks that guys that you don't know that guys are going to come in with as opposed to just one straight style of boxing where it's just, you know, the guy's either defensive or an offensive, you know, if he's a Southpaw or orthodox, you know, you know, everything about the other fighter. A guy like Frankie Edgar is a completely different fighter every time he fights. Right, he yeah. just he transforms himself for whoever he's going against, and, and a lot of the elite fighters are like that. Like you take a guy like, all right, think about this, Yair Rodriguez. Yair Rodriguez is a just Mexican Mexican UFC fighter, right? Just came in, was taken taking the UFC by storm. They throw him in there against Frankie Edgar too early. Frankie Edgar dismantled him. Does that make Yair Rodriguez if he goes on to win? Because I think he's the next great UFC fighter. Say if he goes on to win, you know, whatever, rip off 10 straight. Are we going to look back at that Frankie Edgar fight and be like, yeah, his legacy's tarnished? Or are we going to look back at it and be like, you know what? A little too young for him to fight Frankie Edgar. That's how the UFC is. It doesn't happen like that in boxing. It is like Canelo Alvarez tried to fight or fought Floyd Mayweather when he was 21. Floyd Mayweather beat him. Would that happen today? Hell no. But that's why, like, to your point, that's why Floyd isn't taking that fight right now. Floyd would never fight Canelo Alvarez right now. When he's 40 and Canelo Alvarez is 28 and in his physical prime, hell no, that would never happen. Or you ever seen boxers try to go to the UFC? Ask Amir Khan how that's working out for him. It's, it's, It's not going to. So, I don't know, man. I just think you're, you can compare apples and oranges because they're both fruits and they're both fighting, but... To say that they're the same is ridiculous. To say they're remotely the same is ridiculous. But that's yeah. also why I think Floyd's going to win as well because Connor's fighting a completely different sport. But like you said, we don't count Connor out because Connor said he was going to knock out a Jose Aldo in less than twenty seconds, and he did. He knocked him out thirteen seconds. Eddie Alvarez, yeah. he was. You and I watched that fight together. He was toying with with um, with Eddie Alvarez just toying with him, and that's yeah. an elite level fighter at one fifty five. That was the champion. He was just toying with him. That what's that's what makes McGregor so dangerous too, man. He's such a student of the game. He watches so much film 
Um, what fight was it where he basically predicted what was going to happen in warm-ups? He saw the punch coming and knew how to counter it. That was the, the Josie Aldo fight. Yes, yes, the title fight, 194. Yeah, yeah he said he was going to charge him. He did in warm-ups, and they showed it on camera, what he did in the actual fight. Uh-huh. The guy just knows what's coming. And, I mean, I love all these boxing pundits, too, who are saying, you know, Conor McGregor won't be able to go the full 12 rounds. He won't have the cardio for it. 12 three-minute rounds of boxing? Let's talk about MMA fighting, where you do five five-minute rounds, and you're also you're throwing kicks, you're going for takedowns, you're defending takedowns, you're wrestling, you're punching, like... I'm sorry, man, but if, if we're going to compare apples to oranges, I think the oranges, the five minutes in the UFC, it may be more difficult than 12 rounds of boxing. It is. They're both difficult, if, don't get me wrong, but you're using your entire body. Whereas in boxing, you know, you're using your arms and your legs for the most part. If you've ever rolled on uh, trying to just do basic mixed martial arts, trying to do basic jiu-jitsu, trying to do basic even just wrestling, it's exhausting. You get exhausted quick. I've... Bo- yeah. I've Trust me, I'm talking about very lowest level. I'm not talking. I just did it essentially oh, yeah. to get in shape. It's excruciating. It's it's extremely difficult. Both of which, but I can tell you, having done both, that rolling is a lot harder than boxing. Absolutely, a lot harder. I've messed around with. I've messed around with buddies. We've taped up gloves and boxed in the backyard, and we've also wrestled. And a minute of wrestling is harder than five minutes of boxing to me like it's you're using your entire body it's Mm -hmm. dude just go mess around and wrestle for a minute you'll you'll be completely winded it's it's a chore right i don't know i think it's crazy i think it's absolutely crazy i think the fight's gonna be a little bit better than everybody's saying but like like we've you know said a bunch of times it's you know it's floyd's to lose floyd's gonna win most likely and uh, if you even look on odds at Vegas, I mean, all the smart money's going on, on Floyd. I think you need to bet $2,200. I think when it opened, you need to bet $2,200 to win 100 That's how big of a favorite yeah. he is. But so many people have been betting Connor that it's moved the line a little bit, so who knows. But Connor, sure. Connor's pretty adamant well, he's going to knock him out. Connor's such a huge underdog. Yeah. It's a huge payout if, if he gets that upset. Right. I'm thinking about putting 100 down on Connor. Like, oh, yeah, maybe I waste 100 but, man, if, if he wins and it pays out, oh, my God. Vegas could be in store for some uh, for some hard time after that. So, all right, man. Oh God, yeah. Could you imagine? That would be nuts. Anything you want to add before we uh, move on? Just the press conference itself. I mean, it's that's just the clips. If people haven't seen them, go watch them. They're hilarious. The the Connor suit. My God, putting <laughs> putting fu embroidered on a suit. That's just that's flipping brilliant. Only only a guy like Connor could come up with that. I and know. Then just, ripping into floyd on stage like look at you you're 40 you got a backpack on stage for it you can't even fucking read he that's a good accent <laughs> i've been trying man well yeah. i love connor too because with an irish guy like that like he says fucking i don't even feel like it's a curse at that no point. it really does away with it by being irish right i feel like they don't even bleep it they're just like oh fucking this fucking guy look at this fucking guy if my two-year-old Told me to get that her stupid fucking rope. Get your fucking rope. Yeah, if my two year old told me to pick up her fucking Elmo, I wouldn't even be upset. I'm like, yeah, I'll grab it. <laughs> Damn it! I should have picked another character. All right, yeah. so transitioning here to the NFL. But a do, but a do. Um, all right, Ezekiel Elliott. The NFL. Ugh. It's still going on. They're still investigating him. What did he do? I, I, my theory is that they're trying to send a message. They are digging yeah. for any reason to suspend him to be like, hey, everybody, look, we're cracking down on this uh, domestic violence yeah. against somebody that's been proven not guilty by a court of, uh, not even by a court of law. I think the police said there wasn't enough evidence. And there's so many contradictory statements. They were just like, yeah, we're, we're, we're good. We're good. The we're cops have said it. there's no evidence. None. There's multiple witnesses that were there that said no domestic violence took place. I mean, he has the the supposed text from the girlfriend saying she was trying to set him up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, they're just digging at this point. Um, But, like, seriously, get it over with already. If you're going to suspend him, suspend him. I'm so sick of hearing about it and dealing with it. It's ridiculous. And Adam Schefter is reporting that Zeke is is bracing for a uh, suspension. For a couple games suspension. It's it's absurd. So, uh, let's not cut Alfred Morris right away. Um, no, they still have him and uh, run DMC on the roster. So, oh, I God. Mean, I that's forgot a great, he's in there. Yeah, that's a great situation to have yeah, it with is. the Cowboys. Like, okay, Zeke is out for a game, but we still have Alfred Morris, you know, a former what, a 1,300-yard back with the Redskins yeah. and run DMC. I mean, it's not a bad, you know, 
not a bad backup plan to have. So, yeah, that, that actually is a good transition here. So, Tony, how about this? How about I give you... All right, how about this? How about I give you, I don't know, a thousand dollars? All right, let's say I give you a thousand bucks. Oh, you know me, I'll do quite a bit for a thousand dollars. Well, say I'll do quite a bit for a subway footlong. I mean, come on, let's be honest here. All right, say I give you a subway footlong, and I'm like, hey, this is gonna be the best subway footlong you're ever gonna eat. And then, so we're talking extra meat, uh, guacamole. Yeah. Okay. And then you're like, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to take a couple nibbles and then set it down and walk away from it. Would you do that? No, no. no okay. That, that's no, essentially no. what the Redskins are doing with their effing quarterback situation right now. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Sign oh, Kirk the- Cousins to an extension. You oh. morons. You morons. You know crazy too. He's a good you, quarterback. You're, you're a Giants fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. Like we will be, we'll be praising God if that guy leads the division. Yes, because I think he's a he's a good to potentially great quarterback. But Redskins fans themselves are like, oh, he's a bum. Get him out of here. He can't even get us to a Super Bowl. What is your second option, Washington? These these franchise quarterbacks do not grow on trees. Where do you think you're going to get a guy? Go look at Buffalo. Go look at Cleveland. Buffalo. Let's see how well they've done with without a franchise quarterback and how long they've been looking since 1997 when Jim Kelly. Walked off into the sunset. Buffalo would would we? I think everybody in Buffalo that's a Bills fan would collectively give their nuts for Kirk Cousins and their firstborn child. Yeah, I guarantee it. So here here's Kirk Cousins and numbers. their Zubas pants. Oh, they, they'll throw uh, well, the Zubas pants well, as icing hold on, on the cake. Let's let's stop. They wouldn't do they that. They can buy more. All right. So 2015, Kirk Cousins threw for 41, 4,100 yards, twenty nine touchdowns, eleven picks. Last year, 4,900 yards, 25 touchdowns, 12 picks. He also ran for four touchdowns last year. He had a QB rating of 101 in 2015, 97 in 2016. Hmm. Guess who has a uh, full full long-term contract right now in the NFL? Brian Tannehill. Not as good as Kirk Cousins. And hold on. All right. You know, if Stephen A. Smith was here, he'd probably call this blasphemous. Kirk Cousins is not only better than Cam Newton, but significantly better than Cam Newton. Yeah. What? With this, we're trying not to swear anymore. We're, we've taken a turn. I'm trying my best not to swear. But what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Dude, Cam Newton has all the athleticism in the world, but he doesn't have it between the ears. Kirk Cousins does. It's, hey, it's dude, Matt, Matt Stafford has a long-term deal. And yeah, last season I called him a Dark Horse MVP candidate, but the guy can't beat winning teams. No. He can't. Guess who beats winning teams? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. It's it's mind boggling to me, man. I mean, if, if if he leaves, San Francisco will be more than happy to take him. Oh, oh, so God, not only did he throw for sixty, he threw sixty seven percent. That was his completion percentage last year. He threw sixty seven percent for almost five thousand yards to deep threats. He had two deep threats and Jordan Reed, who's who can extend the field as well with his speed. It it just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make no. any sense. So, and they have too good uh, of a roster to just be one of the worst five teams in the league to get a number one quarterback coming out to be to okay. be middling. Worst case, yeah. Worst case, Washington at the very worst, I think, of maybe be six and ten. But I'm putting them at seven and nine or eight and eight. Yeah. So where are they getting this franchise quarterback? They're just going to trade their draft for the next three years and try to move up. So minute. Like so ask St. Louis how that worked out. Washington did it themselves with RG three. Yeah. Look how well that worked out. Yeah. So last year, some of the good defenses to beat. He beat Philly twice, top 10 defense. He beat Green Bay, above average defense. Not, he torched Green Bay. 21 for 30, 375 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Jesus. Yep, torched them. That was his best game of the year, actually. Uh, beat the Giants, who had a really good defense last year. 60% completion percentage, 296 yards, two touchdowns, um, no interceptions. Uh Barely lost to Dallas. He threw for uh, 41 for 53, 77% completion percentage, 449 Ooh. yards and three touchdowns. Barely lost to him. The defense let him down in that one. Um, yeah, those I mean, corners, man. That's why I gave him the boot. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Sign him, you m- morons. Like, I, And he gets yeah. hit a lot, too. His line isn't even that good. Yeah. Sucks. Well, we talked about it, too, how they've had to pay him the franchise tag the last two years. Yeah. If they had just signed him to a three-year deal at this point, and then you'd cut him after year three, or 
before year three, yeah. he would have saved a ton of money against the cap. Yeah, it's mind boggling. If me. they franchise, remind me again how much they're paying him this year is like twenty five million or something stupid. Yeah, I think it's about that twenty eight. I'm pulling it up now. So Kirk Cousins, he's open to a deal at the end of the year. He, if they were to franchise tag him again next year, it would be thirty four point four eight million dollars. Oh my god! Um, if they did, you the, know what I just thought of yeah. Buffalo. We talked about how the Bills, you know, because they're they're probably in line for a rough year. Plus, they have Kansas City's first round pick. Yep. Do you do you take that that combo maybe a picks or maybe even your top <sighs> five pick and go after Cousins? I think you see or what do you, happens. Or in the do you draft. trade KC's pick and get Cousins? I don't think you do. I think you wait for him to hit free agency and then just try to outbid everybody. That would be my yeah. guess. Guess you do not want to part with those two picks because you know as much as we both think Kirk Cousins is really good, he'll be twenty nine next year. But and you when can do a sign available, and trade. You, I don't know if that what if how you, that works in the NFL. Sign and trade. Yeah, I'm not into sure that. either. So I'm actually going through the Bills roster. Or excuse me, the Bills roster. The Bills schedule right now. I wow. really have them winning one. Hold on, I got to scroll. Two. Three. Whew. God, they have a tough schedule. Good yeah. Lord. Look at their December, too. Four. They play four divisional games. If they split Hold. with Miami, I have them winning four games. If they don't, I have them winning three. Yeah, I got them at three and thirteen. They play New England twice in December. They, New England after November is a juggernaut. Their winning percentage is like over ninety two. Yeah, so listen to their December schedule. So they have New England at home, Colts at home, and then they oh. they have the Dolphins at home. They have three straight home games at home at the end of the year. That's really rude to do to pe- the good Against people of Buffalo. All playoff teams. Yeah. Potential then they go teams. to New England for Week sixteen, and then the last game of the year is in in Miami. On New Year's the Eve. Only, the only saving grace might be New England might have already clinched by then, week 16. Maybe. But even still, they don't have a rest of their starters. And it's not like they'd lose the last game of the year that often anyway. God, they yeah. have a tough schedule this year. I'm looking at this. So they got... They're at Atlanta at some point, too, I believe. Week the four. NFC yeah, week four. Yep, so they got the Jets at home at Carolina. Broncos at home. Oh. Then they go on a nice oh. road uh, nice road trip at Atlanta, at Cincinnati, bye week. Home for Tampa Bay, home for Oakland. Then it's at the Jets, home for uh, New Orleans, at the Chargers, at the Chiefs, home for New England, home for the Colts, home for the Dolphins, at New England, at Miami. It's a pretty Except, brutal schedule. Yeah, besides uh, the Jets and Cincinnati, you all those teams you listed are going to be in the playoff hunt. Yes. Like every single one. The Saints will be better. Miami. Atlanta was great. Miami, Carolina will be better. Miami made the playoffs be last year, yep. Yeah, I mean, Oakland's going to be great. Tampa Bay is much improved. Tampa Bay's a dark horse for me. That entire NFC South looks stacked. See, I have uh, the Chargers as my dark horse this year. The problem with them is they play in the AFC West, and the AFC West is stacked. I mean, the worst team in the AFC West right now is Denver, maybe maybe the Chiefs. And, I mean, but... So you just mentioned that, too. The... um. The Bills play the two deepest divisions, the AFC West and the NFC South this year. Yeah. That's a murderer's row. That's eight really hard games. But that's a good thing. I think they need to bottom out this year. I really the, the do. The schedule did them no favors. I'm sorry, Buffalo, but... I don't I don't think Sam Darnold's coming out this year, so I don't think they're going to get him. But that Josh Allen kid from uh, Wyoming is an interesting prospect. And um, Josh Rosen, I think, is coming yeah. out this year, too, from UCLA. Um, but here's the thing. Josh Rosen can go back to school. So if he doesn't like, say the Bills have like the second or third pick, and if he doesn't want to be there, Ooh. if he doesn't want to go to Buffalo, he can just go back to school. He might decide to do that once the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that happen. That would be the most Buffalonian thing to happen, too. Well, yeah. I think Tyrod's yeah. fine. I think you can scheme for him. I think... I think that you can you can set up an offense to make him successful. I know the good people in Buffalo don't think so, but I don't know. I still have my doubts, man. Because I, I do too. I but watched, you could win I watched with him that Thursday night game with the Jets. He had guys on the left and right silent open multiple times, and he just if his first maybe second read isn't there, he just doesn't scan the field. Yeah, he's too eager to run. I always thought that was the problem with those running quarterbacks. This is Cam Newton's problem. Cam Newton doesn't do go through his progressions. You can almost see it when you're watching it just live. And then once he sees a guy, he sees him late, and then he tries to fire the ball as fast as he can. That's yeah. why he doesn't throw over 60%. They try to use their athleticism over their brains. Yeah. I think that's the problem with a lot of these mobile quarterbacks. Cam Newton, Michael Vick had it. The only person um, that seemingly put Tyron. it together is, is Wilson. 
He's the only one yeah. that seems to put it together. He can go through his progressions. If his fifth option isn't there, that's when he takes off. And that that's that's what's smart about him. Though, yes, his sixth option is to run. Yes, his second or third option is never to run. Tyrod's second or third option is to run. But and the crazy thing is, Wilson doesn't have a receiver as talented as Sammy Watkins. And if he yeah. did, I think he would be a lot better of a thrower. I think he would and be able to trust his receivers a little more. Doug Baldwin's fine, but he's not elite. You know. Yeah. And Tyrod is Charles Clay, who at the end of last year was just an absolute beast. Yeah. I, he's just miss. I think he's underutilized. I, I think he's just too athletic to not be utilized properly. But who yeah, knows? And I think it's a problem with these with these quarterbacks where you have these insane, almost superhuman abilities mm-hmm. where you rely on it too much. Whereas, look at Tom Brady, look at Eli, look at Peyton Manning. Like you look at their bodies, you're like, oh, that guy doesn't look like an athlete by any means. He's got a dad bod, but they're just smarter. You know, they they're like, okay, I can't just. I don't have a rocket arm. I can't make these laser throws, so I have to go through film. I have to study. I have to be smarter, and I have to know what the defense is doing and read the coverages more than just relying on my athleticism. That's why they're elite, and these guys are second tier. Right. Well, Eli's not really elite anymore, but that's okay. He's he's starting to decline a little bit. I hope he gets on some uh, HGH just for this season because this is the best roster I can remember the Giants having in a while. And I think the roster all hinges on their left tackle, Eric Flowers, putting it together. And by everything that yeah. I read, he has. Him and Bobby Hart, the other guard. Because the right side of the line is fine. Um, they just signed DJ Fluker from the uh, Chargers. They they have uh, Weston Richburg, who's an above-average center, and uh, – your boy uh, Justin Pugh, who's a above average guard, so he was mis- Syracuse University. Yeah, he was miscast as a tackle. They kicked him into guard, and he's been fantastic. So, yeah. um, if the line can hold it together, I love the Giants roster. And I'm only talking about the Giants here because I want you to do me a favor while I'm yammering out about the Giants. Is look up the Cowboys <laughs> schedule, and we'll go over what team in the yeah. NFC East we think is going to come out, and we're going to try to be as non biased as possible. Thing the yeah. Giants and have we've had discussions about this. Yeah. We're we're both very level headed about our teams, I think. I think it's gonna be an absolute dog fight between the Giants and the Cowboys. I think so too, man. But Philly's sparky, man. If their defense is really oh, screw good. Philly. Their screw defense Philly. is really good though, man. I hate Philly. They I think I Pro Football Focus had them as the second best defense in the league last year. Philly has a great defense and it sucks. And and if their receivers are actually somewhat reliable this year i i oh, they're scary to me and then the, the the redskins are also scary with cousins you know yeah. so philly all comes down to carson Wentz, but the though. giants what can he do well i read that you shouldn't take anything that happened with carson Wentz last year into account because just throw it at the window because his receivers are so bad the receivers oh, were yeah terrible. I, I can agree with that i mean jordan matthews is their is was his best option and he's not good he can't separate yeah. really and now they have Alshon Jeffrey, who's just going to tear it up in a one-year deal. It's a it's a prove-it year. Yeah. I guarantee Jeffrey has a really big year. Probably if he stays healthy. But the Giants have – they play four teams coming off a bye this year. That's tough, yeah. man. They, they And they travel to the West Coast a lot. So the Giants' schedule is at Dallas, home for the Lions, at Philly, at Tampa, home for the Chargers, Ooh. at Denver, home for Seattle, Ooh. bye week, home for the Rams – at San Francisco, home for the Chiefs, at Washington, at Oakland or Las Vegas, wherever they're playing this year, at home for home for the Cowboys, home for the Eagles, at Arizona, home for the Redskins. They they yeah, three of the last four at home. The beginning of that schedule is brutal, brutal man. Yeah, games. brutal. Especially all that traveling too, man. I mean, they go to the West Coast. They go to the West Coast. Well, I'll say they pass. They they pass the Mason Dixon line one. Or Mason Dixon line. The uh, Mississippi <laughs> once. Uh, they travel to Florida twice to Denver, three, four times, five times this year. All, their way five of their away games are past Mississippi. That's insane. And then they travel to Tampa. Their closest away games are Philly and Washington. Yeah, sucks. Yeah, the Cowboys schedule isn't much easier. <laughs> Yo, you play first place schedule, man. It's tough. What do yeah. you guys got? And dude, I, I, I still think, too, that first game, like, you never want to put too much weight on the first game of the year. Yeah. But that game one, you know, Giants at Cowboys is massive. Yeah. For, like, with a division so tight as it's going to be, you need to get those tiebreakers over the other teams. Yes. Plus, too, the Cowboys, if we lose a third – yeah, I'm going to say we because, it's, you know, I'm a fan of that team, so people who are against that crap shut the hell up. But um, You have, like, a $250 Dak Prescott jersey. You can say we. 
uh, yeah, a $40 one that looks like a $200 one. But, oh, well, yeah. there you go. Probably made by some uh, sweatshop children in uh, Indonesia or something like that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Truth hurts. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I mean, it's going to be a dogfight. That game one means so much. I mean, if the Cowboys lose a third straight game to the Giants, that's got to mess with their psyche. Like, they have to get over that hump. Yeah. But, yeah, open up Ooh. with the Giants. At Denver, at Arizona on Monday night, Rams, that's cake. Uh, Green Bay at home, at San Fran, at Washington. Then this stretch gets really tough. Uh, well, at Washington, I mean, that's never a gimme anyways. But uh, KC at home, that's a really tough game. At Atlanta, Philly at home, the Chargers on Thanksgiving, Washington, at the Giants, at the Raiders, Seattle, Eagles. Those are like last, what, nine... One, two, three, seven, eight games look brutal. Yeah, you guys do have a brutal schedule. Oh my god. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's it's tough either way. We're we have a bit of a benefit though because we play the Thanksgiving game. We ba- we essentially get two buys this year. We have the Thanksgiving game, then we play we play the Redskins a week later on Thursday, and then we we basically have ten days before we play at your Giants in December. So essentially, we get two buys this year. Yeah, that's kind of nice. A bye week six, and then the ten days off, you know, six weeks later against the Giants. Yeah, the Giants actually have ten days off too because they play on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's it's a good point. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. The Giants go and from it's tough for teams to play God, on they don't Thursday. Play for like ten days, but the Cowboys always play on Thursday and Thanksgiving, so they're yeah. used to it. This is nothing new to them. Yeah, expect it. The Giants play they're ready for that short week. The Giants play the Thursday, the twenty third, and then week thirteen they play. December third, so in Oakland, so yeah. they got a, they got a nice stretch of time off. That's kind of nice. Oh, um, and not only is it a short week with Thanksgiving, they play Sunday night football against the Eagles at home. Oh God! Thank thanks NFL. I know they don't do they don't do people favor. God, I'm so excited the Giants have a Thanksgiving game this year. God, I'm so yeah. happy. Yeah, the night game. Too. Oh awesome. yeah, Every, everybody's full. The family's gone. Hell yeah, sleep. Yep, they That's will great. be. Who are they playing by the way? Washington. Redskins. Yep, in Washington. Yeah. Ooh pumped good stuff and then i love this year that uh sundays fall on christmas eve so we're off the next day and then it falls on new year's yep. eve the week after so we're off the day after Cha-ching. so pumped oh i wonder what game is going to get flexed to the sunday night game i'm looking through the last game of the year there's always one flex game i can't even really tell by looking at this new orleans yeah. tampa bay maybe you know what, too? The NFL schedule makers they finally did espn a favor and they uh improved those monday night games barely a little bit because they have been garbage for a few years. Yeah, let's, no, there's some pretty. We'll go through some pretty good ones. So, Minnesota, New Orleans at Minnesota is the week one, and then uh, Chargers at Denver. So that's not too shabby. And then no. uh, Detroit at New York. They got that week two, week three. Dallas at Arizona. Yeah, they do still got some bangers on these. Actually, you're right. Yeah. Washington at Kansas City. That's a good one. Let's see here. Oops. Well, they finally figured, hey, ESPN is paying us $895 million yeah. for games. Maybe we should throw them a freaking bone. Yep. India, Tennessee, that's a good one. Let's see here. Washington at Philly, a division game. You can never hate that. Denver at Kansas City. Oh. These are some solid. You're right, man. No, Monday night games yeah. aren't looking too Denver, bad. Denver, KC will be a really good game. Detroit on Monday at, night yeah. in Kansas City, that'll be awesome. Yeah, Detroit at Green Bay. That's a good one. Another division game. The last time oh, KC had a Monday night game, I I want to say was that Patriots game where they just waxed them, yeah, forty five to fourteen. Good game too. That that place was a mad. Miami, Carolina, those are both competitive teams. Atlanta, Seattle, uh, Houston, Baltimore, yeah, Houston, Baltimore. Atlanta, Seattle is a potential NFC title game, and that's on yeah. Monday night. Yep. Uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, that's kind of a dud. Because so I think Pittsburgh's going to smoke them. New New England at Miami. Eh, could be interesting. Tampa at Atlanta on uh, in week fifteen that could be huge. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Oakland at Philly on Christmas Day, that's a good that's one. A good one. Yeah. And, oh, I was like, what? Oh yeah, and then there isn't one on week seventeen, so I couldn't see week five for some reason. Week five wasn't coming up, so let me see if I could see that. Now nah, week five for whatever reason isn't working. Whatever, but yeah, this should be man. I'm so excited for the NFL season. Like we, yeah. Why we're not I even think, gonna waste I think our time? We all are. Ugh. So let's let's quickly just go. All right, we'll we'll do a whole NFL preview podcast. We'll probably start doing. Do you want to break down like divisions? You want to take like literally eight shows to break down divisions, each division, uh, talk about each team, or no? I think we should just talk about ones that make noise or ones that we find entertaining and funny. I don't know. 
We can talk about it more. Yeah, we'll do that in August. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out something because I think there's a lot of division, a lot of like uh, NFL previews. We'll we'll think of something and we'll start yeah. knocking that out. So, um, and much like every year, we're gonna have that, um, you know, that uh, emergency situation for a team where their starting quarterback goes down in training camp. It seems to happen every year. You see, Bridgewater has been playing, been throwing without a knee brace the last couple of uh, last couple of days. That's awesome. If there's ever a guy I root for to come back, it's Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I love I me some Teddy Bridgewater. A ton of him at Louisville when he'd whack Syracuse. Yeah, love me some Teddy Bridgewater. So yeah, and that was such a gruesome injury, man. You got to feel for the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy like that it sucks. It can never happen to an uh, a hole. So we'll go through some uh, yeah. some of the uh, some of the recent uh, happenings in uh, in the NFL. So uh, first thing, Deontay Foreman, the the running back the Texans drafted out of Texas. Just got arrested for uh, unlawful firearm and stating oh, and per possession of uh, marijuana. His attorney, Chip Lewis, great great attorney name by the way, oh claims God. Foreman broke no laws. The legal handgun is recently purchased by Deontay and registered in his name. The handgun is properly secured inside the vehicle as required by Texas law. It is Texas. I mean, you go to the bulk food section in any grocery store, you could buy bullets. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> You can buy Jack Daniels and you get a free, uh, yeah, free Magnum with it. Yeah, exactly. And I don't mean the, I don't mean the condom. Yeah. Um, pray tell, what are Magnum condoms for? I have no idea. We're both uh, Irish. You know, um, below average. Yeah, we're both guys, Irish. So. Uh, so that's an ugly stereotype to say Irish guys. You know, come on. All right, so we already talked about Kirk Cousins. Um, Delvin Cook. 300 touches a potential or a possibility for him this year for the Vikings. Ooh. They just signed your boy Latavius Murray too. So what do you think about that? Yeah, uh, That worries me a bit, but you know, it's for a lot of teams, it's running back by committee. And I mean, Murray had an injury plague season last year. So, I mean, you got to stock the cupboard at times like that, especially for a team like Minnesota where they cannot throw the ball deep with Sam Bradford. Like you got to rely on the running game. Yeah. All right. It sucks, man. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping Murray can just, you know, overcome and be healthy, but you know, the cream rises to the top. So we'll see. Dalvin cook's also 21 years old too. So that helps. Um, yeah. doesn't have any of that wear and tear of the NFL season on him. So, all right, next yeah, thing, which comes quick with running back, Christian McCaffrey, finally able to train with cam Newton after that weird antiquated rule where he couldn't join the team till after Stanford's uh, academic calendar is over. This is so stupid. It's the I dumbest rule ever. Come on. Just, can we just have common sense? So kind of stuff? he's a little bit behind the eight ball, but he finally has caught passes from Cam Newton. He's a stud too, man. I'm pretty excited to see how he fits in Carolina's scheme, dude. If there, who's that's the best case scenario for him to to join that team? They run all the time. Yeah, I like that one. All right, and he can catch the ball. He's athletic. He can block. I mean, the kid could do it all. Yeah. All right, free agent quarterback Johnny Manziel said he's had a couple conversations with NFL teams about returning to the league. Manziel met with Saints coach Sean Payton during Super Bowl week, but nothing came of it. So what team in the NFL would be best fit for uh, Johnny Manziel? And I only think there's one answer here, but what do you think? Well, I mean, best fit for any team would be New England, just because... Their scheme works so perfectly, and Belichick's a super genius. But right, but they ha- we never see the field. They have three quarterbacks. They're not going to take yeah. Manziel on. They don't want that circus. No, Cincinnati. Marvin Lewis is like <laughs> oh god, yeah, the all inmate team. Marvin Lewis is like that weird guy in the neighborhood with no family that takes all the stray dogs and cats into his house. That's kind of how he is. <laughs> Like, he just takes all of the bad apples, like Pac-Man Jones, Vontez Perfect. I mean, he's got a whole laundry list yeah. of them that he's taken in and tried to rehab. I mean, I don't know if you'll remember this name, Odell Thurman. Remember him? That troubled linebacker Dang, from Georgia. He was a beast when he played, but he just couldn't. He got suspended indefinitely back in 05, his second year in the league. He hasn't played since. Yeah, it's great giving people second, third chances. But, you know, in our line of work delivering, we've been in those houses with the people who take in all the strays and doesn't go well. just yeah no no it's it's awful it's awful in execution um agent drew rosenhaus says several teams have expressed interest in free agent greg hardy teams have shown interest but nothing is imminent i can't say here and say i'm overly optimistic rose rosenhaus told pro football uh, talk live um what are your thoughts on that the guy, I mean, we saw him with the Cowboys. He had nothing left. The only reason the Cowboys took a one-year flyer on him, or maybe it was two years, including the suspensions, was because we thought he'd still be the dominant sacker that he was. But 
the guy's a PR nightmare. He's a he's a piece of crap, and we've talked about in the past. Like in the NFL, man, they will only you can only be as big of a headache as the ratio of how talented you are. Yeah, and Greg Hardy just doesn't have it anymore. Nope. And I, I I honestly hope no team no team signs him because the guy's a, he's an absolute piece of garbage. He doesn't deserve a second chance or a third chance. So. No, for what he did, and if people don't know it, just go Google it and look at the photos. It's awful what he did to that woman. Terrible human being, man. Terrible human Got being. rot in hell. Yep. All right, Agent Drew Rosenau said he said a decision hasn't been made on if Greg Olson will hold out of trading camp. He's subject to $40,000 a day in fines if he holds out. His salary is lower than Charles Clay and ranks 12th in guaranteed money for tight ends. He is scheduled to be paid $6.5 million. So pay the man. Pay the man. I'll never be mad at a player who beats up and destroys his body for holding out. Nope. We, We can both agree on this. We'll never get mad at it. Greg Olson is a beast, man. Pay that man his money. Yeah. He's worth it. Their backup tight end right now is Ed Dixon of uh, Baltimore uh, Ravens fame. Yeah. yeah. Good luck with that. Not good. All right. Yeah. All right. And uh, dumb player news. Another dumb player news. NFL <laughs> suspends Vikings wide receiver Michael Floyd four games for violating Lee's substance abuse policy. Floyd was arrested for DUI in December and tested positive for alcohol during his house arrest, violating terms of his sentence. He claimed the positive test was triggered by, ready, kombucha tea, an excuse met with plenty of skepticism. What? Yep. (laughs) What? There's trace elements of alcohol in, um, I think it's like 0.5% alcohol in kombucha tea. That's what he claims it's from. Oh, okay. So it's point. Oh, one proof or something? It just stopped. Yeah, just, it's it's come on, dude. Point zero two five proof. Yeah, yeah. Or point two five proof. Sorry, not zero two. Be better off saying you down about a bunch of mouthwash or something. Right, he brushes teeth before his test. Yeah. So yeah. the Vikings, uh, the four game ban gives the Vikings a ready made excuse to move on from the troubled twenty seven year old receiver. See ya. All right. When the Patriots give you a flyer and keep you off the. Then they, yeah, they kept him out the postseason roster, didn't they? Uh, pretty much. He played. Uh, he played the first game, I believe. Um, but I don't think he played yeah. anything else after that. Yeah, yeah, you're done. Sorry. So you, you did it to yourself. I don't feel bad. All right, let's talk about guys that aren't you know idiots, at least with the law. Um, Terrell Pryor working out with Randy Moss. Jamerson Crowder also got some work in with a future Hall of Famer. It is the second year in a row Pryor has worked out with Moss, and he's also spent time with Antonio Brown early this summer. It's easier to it's easy to forget to Pryor is still a couple years into his transition to receiver, and working with some of the game's greats will only make him better. He has a ton of upside in the Washington Redskins passing attack. Do you think Terrell? I love it, man. Do you think Terrell Pryor was a good upgrade, or was a an upgrade or a downgrade over Pierre Garçon and or Deshaun Jackson? They still have Jordan uh, Reed, and they have Jameson Crowder, and they love Jameson Crowder. I think Pryor has so much potential, man. I, I, as of right now, I can't say it's an upgrade because those guys are so much more experienced. Yeah. But man, I love the upside on Pryor. Like, and that's that's just so intelligent of a thing to do. Like, I, I, when I work out the gym, I do the same thing. I will I will look at other people and be like, oh, that guy's that guy's huge, or that guy's in great shape. What is he doing? And I'll just go and mimic it, and to do the same thing with Randy Moss, like shows you're humble, you're willing to learn, and you're motivated. Like, I absolutely love that. So as far as like. Upside of potential, I take Pryor. But, you know, if we're comparing him right now, but, I mean, this is Pryor's, what, third year now? Like, yeah. I, I'm all in, man. I, I think it was a great pickup by Washington. And this is how we're going to end the show, because this is a guy you'll be able to riff on. But I wanted to first share this with you, because this is interesting. And then I'll let you talk about his uh, budding potential, uh, his budding wrestling career. Free agent yeah. running back D'Angelo Williams revealed four teams that he would not play for. <laughs> the Panthers, Cowboys, Browns, and Jaguars. Williams played his first nine seasons for the Panthers, but split between the two sides was ugly, much like it was with Steve Smith. Williams notes his childhood love for the 49ers as his reason for not wanting to play for Dallas, then cites the Browns and Jaguars' lack of winning as the reasons there. Now 34 years old, Williams still wants to play, but he has drawn zero interest as a free agent. All right, Tony, in your opinion, as an experienced wrestling eye, with an experienced wrestling eye, do you think D'Angelo Williams has a future in, in wrestling, professional wrestling? If he wasn't 34, yes. I mean, I watched clips of that match. 
for the guy to be able to do a standing moonsault, which is basically a standing backflip onto his opponent, mm-hmm. which is a move cruiserweights do, which are, you know, 220 pounds and less guys, like high flyers. For D'Angelo Williams, not a trained, you know, wrestler to do that is just amazing to me. The guy looked phenomenal. He's got some name value to him. Yeah. And I could see him wrestling a little bit in the independence or in uh, TNA, which is now GFW. That's a long story. Not even going to go into it. But, uh, yeah, I could see him sticking around a little bit. But, I mean, he's 34. He's done in the NFL. And I love how he ripped on the Cowboys, too. Like, oh, I wouldn't play for them. Well, yeah, of course, we don't want you. We have Run DMC and Alfred Morris well, as backups to Zeke. We it, don't need you. I like his fan loyalty to the 49ers, though. I like that he's still a fan. I'm not I'm not mad at that. Yeah. Um. All right. Last one. Actually, this is I forgot. We want. I wanted to talk about this one with you. Calvin Johnson admits the Lions' consistent losing was one of the main reasons he decided to retire in 2016. Megatron has slowly started to open up more and more on his decision to walk away at 30 years old. He admitted he thought heavily about wanting to change teams, but the Lions wouldn't release him from his contract, so he retired instead. Detroit has since made Johnson repay more than a million dollars of a signing bonus and continues to alienate another one of its all-time greats, just like it has with Barry Sanders. Still 31, Johnson could probably still be one of the best one of the best receivers in the league but the lions will continue to hold its hold his rights making a comeback not in the cards it's really sad man that guy has poured his heart out for that organization they suck not him why are they punishing him this is a mirror image of barry when he retired in what 1998 this is the same exact thing they saw the writing on the wall they had no shot at a super bowl they have two of the best players at their position in all-time NFL history, two, two, retire two at their guys, peak. maybe maybe top two even. Yeah, I mean, as far as talent, Calvin animals. Johnson, yes, yeah, and I don't blame Calvin for retiring. If you Google his fingers, how mangled oh, and destroyed time. they are, how much pain he's in, they're literally bent at like forty-five degree angles. They're crooked as hell. He beat himself to hell, and for what? For the Lions to just disappoint and maybe have a first-round exit or get spanked by Green Bay in Week 17? Like, Yeah, what's the point? One bit, what man. is the point? It's, it's sad, yeah. Let him go. Let him go to Oakland and maybe make something of himself. Yeah. Can you imagine that? God, those weapons, too, with, with Carr, with Lynch, with Cooper, mm-hmm. with Crabtree, with Johnson? My God, man, that would be a fun offense to watch. So he played the league for nine seasons. He had 11,619 yards and 83 Ooh. touchdowns. Stud. Absolute yeah. stud. So it's over a thousand yards every year and about ten touchdowns every season. Consistently. Yeah. Yep. So like from day one, he was a stud. His best year and, was probably 2011. He had 96 catches, 1681 yards, and 16 touchdowns. Um, the reason I put it above 2012, which we had 122 catches, 1964 yards, but he only had five touchdowns that year. So both amazing years. But it's just it's it's insane that organization has let two players that are one of the you know whatever talent wise probably five best in league history retire at their peaks because they suck yeah and great model citizens too no one ever has a bad word never dude never gotten into trouble they're they're not a pain in the ass they're just they're they're great teammates great players to have on the roster calvin johnson leaders yeah calvin johnson by the way um when they give players the wonder lick they generally want quarterbacks to be around 28 I want to say Calvin Johnson on his Wonderlick got like a 32. That number, for whatever reason, is uh, sticking with me. I'm looking it up now. But, I mean, I mean, all I'm saying basically is he's no dummy. Like, he's not dumb. He's yeah. a guy you – he had a 41. A 41. He got higher than Alex Smith. <laughs> oh, Aww. my God. Why you got to take shots at Alex Smith? He's having a tough time keeping that rookie down as is. My God. Yeah. So – Alex Smith. Yeah, so 41 out of 50 on the Wonderlick. That is way above average. That's one of the 15 best uh, tests ever. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. I really wish they'd let him go. Let him go to, you know, the Oakland Raiders or the New York Giants. Um, you know, because the Giants are definitely <laughs> devoid of receiver talent this year for sure. Yeah, because the Giants need to run a six wide receiver set for some reason. <laughs> they do. Um, all right, man. Yeah. What else before we go? Uh, oh, I had that, uh, that story I wanted to tell. Oh yeah, go ahead. And we'll end on this. Yes. So, uh, yesterday, um, I'm good friends with my neighbor, a couple houses down and, uh, his wife and him just had their firstborn child. So, um, they've also got a dog as well. And I've got a couple, you know, I got my little pit bulls. He's got a little, um, golden, uh, golden retriever. Mm -hmm. So we try to meet up and we go for like nice afternoon walks to the neighborly thing. So 
I go for a walk with my friend Kayla and, you know, Pete and his wife there, Kate, have the baby in the stroller and their golden retriever. We're walking, walking along the road and this, uh, this like, you know, 11 or 12 year old kid comes zooming by us with this giant chocolate lab. Like this kid, was not big enough, had no right walking a dog and running with it this big. I'm like, oh man, this, this could be trouble. You know, mm-hmm. this dog is way too big for this kid to handle. So he zips by us. He's maybe half a block ahead of us. I see him take a hard right turn onto the next street. Don't you know the dog goes right, the kid goes left, and in between is a stop sign? That leash clotheslined around the thing, and that kid went right into the pole and just dropped on the ground. Is the kid okay? It just... Well, here's the thing. I, I, you know, we kind of jogged up a little bit. I'm like, hey, kid, you all right? You know, are you good? And, you know, he gets up, brushes himself off. He's like, yeah, I'm okay. I lose it. I just start laughing at the kid, like belly laughing, uh-huh. like bent over on the ground. I cannot help it. So my neighbor, you know, they're looking at me they're like, dude, like, Tony, you got to calm down. Like, you can't be laughing at the kid. You're going to embarrass him. I'm like, I'm like, that's one of the funniest goddamn things I've ever seen in person. Like, because I've walked my dogs, you know, hundreds of thousands of times. And I've come, you know, so close to clotheslining myself. So I know the feeling. I know the fear, mm-hmm. and this kid just took himself out. I was laughing so hard. This kid went two blocks up, and I'm pretty sure he kept looking back. He could still hear me laughing, and I thought it was great too. I immediately thought of like a Dane Cook joke where he talks about you know making a statement in a child's life and smashing an ice cream cone in the kid's face yeah. and telling him you will remember me forever. That was my ice cream moment with that child. That kid will remember me now for the rest of his life. That's hilarious. I'm glad the little guy was okay. I don't know why. They... Oh yeah, I made sure he was okay. First. No, I I'm know. Not laugh at a poor child. Uh, it's funny. You know, if he broke an arm or bleeding. But when he got up, dusted himself off, he's like, "Yeah, I'm okay." Lost it, dude. You know Absolutely what? Good, good on it. that kid. A kid has something called grit. A little something called grit. I like it. Yeah. I'm a fan of this kid. Yeah, he didn't cry. He got right up, dusted himself off. But I know, man. He he was looking back, and he's he's like, "All right, I can't let them see me cry. I can't let them see me cry." Got to get my front door, and then I'll just let loose with the waterworks. <laughs> well, it's better to do it in silence with some dignity. I like it. Yeah. So. Yep. Oh, good times. All right, man. Well, that's our show. Very yep. good to be back. As you can tell, we're a little rusty. Old uh, old Billy Gaptooth over here is definitely fumbling over his words a little bit. And it's also kind of late. And, uh, you know, hold on. I, I have a book of excuses. It's not open right now, though. Yeah, but, I'm um, exhausted, too. Long day in the yeah. sun. Yeah. Yeah, same here, same do? here. I went, went swimming today, probably a little high from the chlorine. Yeah, so. All right, buddy. Good doing a show. We're going to do another one, hopefully, at some point this week. Uh, my brother-in-law, yes. who I will be hosting a Bills podcast with, um, exclusively Buffalo Bills. Um, trying to think of a name for it. Um, Har's ready to burst. Har's pregnant. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. He's he's ready to burst, too. It's That thing is firing out tomorrow about 10 hours. So uh, nice. should be a good time. Little Peyton will be uh, be with us, and that's going to be uh, you know exciting. He's he's hopefully going to um, bank some sleep because he ain't getting any for a long time. This might be his last good night yep. of sleep for a while. So yeah, enjoy it, Har. We miss you. Well, I miss enjoy you. it. Bill sees you. I miss I you. I see Harley a lot. Um, so yeah. all right, anything else before we go? Uh, no, just as always, hit us up on the uh, Facebook machine, the Under the Hoodies podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Bill K Eagle at uh, oh forgot it for a second at Tony Q's forty four and at Under the Hoodies. If you guys, have any comments, any suggestions? If you just want to rip into me, get into a Twitter feud, by all means, I'm always on there. Hit me up. Yeah, we're not offended by anything, so please hit us up on Twitter. And yes. um, yeah, uh, again, I don't have Facebook anymore, but uh, follow Tony on Facebook and uh, follow the show on Facebook. I gotta figure out how to get back in there. And the new Back Sports page is up. And it's running, and Bill is going to be doing some Buffalo Bills columns. So, uh, look hey, forward to hey, that. Hey. And I look forward to writing my um, old quarterback draft column. I'm working on that right now. So, all the quarterbacks hey, hey. over 35, we are going to uh, we're going. Let's to, go, Buffalo! We're going to draft. So, uh, look forward to that. So, uh, that's Tony. I'm Bill. This is Under the Hoodies. Thanks for listening. And... Uh, be prepared to hear more of our uh, crappy voices uh, in your ear holes. Thanks a lot. Where the fuck is me second belt? Where the fuck did this show go? Where the fuck did this show go?